Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations. Hello, Operate Intelligently podcast listeners. This is Joshua Peach, and I am really excited here today to have way over on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, uh, in the city of Mount Vernon, Chris Phillips, who is the Director of Development Services there. Uh, welcome, Chris, to the podcast, and thanks for making some time on this. Uh, we, I think we asked you to be on uh, yesterday, and we scheduled it this afternoon, which is quick turnaround time. Uh, my pleasure, Josh. It's, it's great to be with you today. So I'll be honest with you. I'm not familiar. I don't, I don't believe I've ever been to Mount Vernon. So tell me a little bit about your community and the area that you live and work in. Sure. The city of Mount Vernon sits between uh, two major metropolitan areas. We've got uh, Seattle, Washington, uh, that's about an hour and a half south, and then an uh, hour and a half north of us is uh, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. Uh, we sit in the, uh, we, we're nested between those two in a place called the Skagit Valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Skagit Valley, we are the uh, seat of uh, the county government, and we're the largest municipality out of about six or seven uh, municipalities that are located within Skagit Valley. Our population is approximately 35,000 people. Um, uh, major uh, drivers here are the uh, agricultural business that we have. Um, we're, we're well known for our grain sciences. Uh, we're working very closely with uh, Washington State University. So if you're a microbrewer or a distiller, you probably have heard of the uh, grains that we grow out here because they're a high commodity. Uh, they're also known for our potato farming out here and a variety of other other uh, culinary uh, delights. Uh, they have a lot of farm-to-market um, opportunities here. And then we also have uh, uh, the port of Skagit, which has a, a, a variety of businesses that are located around it, and also the port of Anacortes, Washington, uh, which has a, a major maritime uh, factor associated with it. We're also known for our uh, tulips and our daffodils. So this is uh, the month, basically, the month of uh, April, uh, where uh, we have people coming from all over the world, or, or we would have people coming from all over the world to kind of come to our particular area and enjoy the flowers as well as uh, the local cuisine and wines. So that area is, uh, is, is a tourist also area. That's near the, that must be near our, uh, I may say it wrong all the time, though. Paulsville. Oh, Paulsville? Yeah. Yeah, so Paulsville is located on the other side of the peninsula. For us, uh, we are really, we've, we've got 15 to 20 minutes, you're in the mountains, and 25 minutes, you're in the Puget Sound. So literally, you could go hiking in the morning, and in the afternoon, catch a charter to go out and go salmon fishing. It's just that, that nice. Now that you told me that and putting it in relation, I've actually been through it. I haven't been to it. Um, so yes. I, it, it is absolutely beautiful. So you know, here here we are. Uh, if this was any other April, you'd be warming up for daffodil festivals and parades and all sorts of fun stuff. But instead, we're in this thing known as COVID nineteen, and basically uh, lockdown, uh, stay in place. As I as I shared with you, uh, I just read this article that you, know, you guys are in one of these these hot areas or epicenters. Uh, you had a choir that was playing with 112 people, and I think 50 or more of them uh, actually came down coronavirus positive. Um, so you've got quite a few people in your area that that have the virus that are battling it. So 
you're doing a lot of things and you've had to take a lot of steps and stages in the last three weeks, month, but probably well before that to prepare yourself for delivering work as usual while keeping uh, more than social distance uh, in many ways. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing. Sure, you're absolutely right, Josh. I mean, things have been so fluid out here. Uh, as I would like to say, it's uh, been a very iterative process. I mean, literally, uh, information is changing, uh, you know, day to day as uh, it relates to the uh, COVID-19 uh, medical emergency. It is one that uh, has definitely impacted uh, our town uh, and our community. Uh, we have what is close to being a shelter-in-place um, here by uh, Governor Inslee, and uh, again, there there were a variety of, uh, I think the, the edict was probably, or protocol was probably about 12 to 15 pages long, <laughs> so you could find out what was essential businesses that could be open, and then what are those non-essential businesses that, that needed or were required to be closed, and then how was the enforcement process uh, going to be handled. So. Uh, there's a variety of things that were going on uh, in relationship to uh, those particular federal and state mandates. Uh, one of the things that our mayor uh, did, her name is Jill Boudreau, uh, I mean, very early in the process, almost a month ago, declared uh, an emergency in response to the COVID-19 medical emergency. Uh, worked very closely with the county government as the county declared an emergency. And again, just so that we were um, available to um, federal or state aid when it became available. And as you know, just a few days ago, Congress passed, uh, President signed uh, that $2 trillion budget uh, for that piece of legislature to assist uh, local municipalities as well as uh, uh, public and private ventures that are out there. For us, this journey really started almost two and a half years ago. So. By way of just introduction, I'm a 30-year uh, retired Navy veteran. Uh, my last job was running a Naval Air Station out here in Woodby Island uh, from 2011 through uh, my retirement in 2015. And then I got into uh, public administration as a city administrator, first for three years in the uh, city of Mukilteo, Washington, which is a little bit further south than here, and then most recently as a development services director. And when I got here, uh, Mayor Boudreau um, challenged uh, me as well as the, my team in development services to really create a state-of-the-art 21st century planning and permitting department. And uh, I had been uh, part of my other duties is in facility maintenance management, so I was very familiar with Dude Solutions and how they worked, the cloud-based system. Uh, so in our early assessment phase back in, as, uh, in 2017, we looked at a variety of cloud-based permitting tools that were out there. Uh, we ended up selecting SmartGov, which ultimately was bought out by Dude Solutions a little over maybe a year and a half or two years ago. So we have been extremely pleased with our um, facilitation, our training, our integration with um, SmartGov, and then most recently with their integration of another software system called Bluebeam, which allows us to do electronic plan review. So I'll talk internal to the staff first. What we did was we had purchased uh, the whole uh, staff of 15 individuals, all had laptops, uh, which allow us to undock, uh, go do group training sessions, and there was a plan that was uh, 
in, invoked uh, probably about a year ago that we could actually start telecommuting. Nothing new to the private sector, but for the public sector, there was not a whole lot of activity that I talked to of anybody actually working from home um, to do this. So we had tested it, we beta tested it in 2018, we implemented a little bit of it in 2019, and, and that was one aspect of it. The other thing we did was taking a look at our inspection routine where you could go on SmartGov, you could do your uh, inspection process online to um, request an inspection. What we did with each one of our inspectors as well as code enforcement is that we uh, worked with other municipalities who had mobile offices and kind of took their concept, but we Mount Vernonized it, if you will. Uh, in it, we have mobile Wi-Fi. They can undock and take their laptops out there as well as uh, Android or iPhones. We've, we've got some folks who like either model. Mm -hmm. But what that allows us to do is right on station, you know, go do the in inspection. We can upload that information, and because it's a cloud-based tool, you get immediate action to or response to the developer or the resident so that they can continue that, um, you know, predictable path to completion for uh, a variety of commercial or residential um, pieces of, of property that might be being developed. The, uh, the other aspect that we wanted to go ahead and bring into this was um, for our pre-application meetings, uh, we bought smart boards, we uh, included uh, upgrades to our conferencing center down here to enable webinars, uh, and also remote access via Zoom. So we'd already been in implementing all of that activity um, prior to the COVID-19 um, medical emergency. Now, three weeks ago, just by chance, I sat down with my prior military background and we did some uh, crisis action planning. And we just sat down with my managers uh, and we talked about a variety of different activities that we could use our, um, our new technology and how will we sit there and as something was of uh, like this medical emerging has evolved over days, weeks and everything to not only inform internally to our staff, but also externally to our customers, our residents, our developers, and making sure that it was a, a good symbiotic, uh, you know, relationship of information transfer. Mm -hmm. And what we ended up doing there, Josh, was four major aspects of the permitting process. We with our pre-application meetings, we utilize Zoom yep. technology to go ahead and do web conferencing. So that worked out really well, and we beta tested that with a few folks back in Cleveland that we uh, that we work with uh, here on a variety of projects and other places in the U.S. So that hey, this actually works, and we're good to go with exchanging that information and data. Some of it rather complex drawings, if you could imagine, for you know, 40, 50,000 square foot facilities that are being built and all the intricate details that are associated with those plans, we're able to sit there and share that and work that aspect of it. The next piece of it uh, dealt with um, utilizing a FTP site. And so instead of having a customer come into the building, uh, provide a, a set of uh, plans or to be able to submit across the counter, City Hall basically closed to the public a few weeks ago and within, it was less than 24 hours, FTP, FTP site set up. Our crew had tested it out. We beta tested it with a few local developers as well as um, engineers or surveyors. They were able to exchange information back and forth. So we actually virtualized, if you will, not a word, but you know, we, we, we conducted a virtual, um, technically complete 
permit process as well as a counter-complete process for some of those more detailed um, processes. And then we're able to help, you know, mom pause that may be uh, doing a variety of different things at home. We were able to help that out. Through this whole process, we updated our website. We pushed information out to as many folks that we could possibly do, Chamber of Commerce, a variety of the Rotary. I mean, whoever we could get information out to, we got it so that people would be informed for pushing that information out. And then we also would update our SmartGov portal and we update our website. Those are inter interconnected, interlinked. Mm -hmm. The next thing that we did was basically getting into um, the permit itself. And this is where SmartGov is just an awesome tool, is that you know, once you submit and you get your username and password, what we have done over the last uh, 18 months has gone from somebody needing to come in with nine sets of plans to just a thumb drive and one set of plans because the state tells us we have to, uh, so it's law. Um, and we're just electronically just pulling ourselves into the 21st century, and it, is, it has been just wonderful. Where projects would be eight, nine banker boxes full of paper, we're less than a file now. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's like no kidding in there. Another thing that we've been able to do is um, through this permitting process, once you get your unique username and password, you're able to get the full suite of everything that SmartGov has to offer. So this gets into submitting documents, this gets into if we're cycling, you know, so maybe the first set of uh, plans has a deficiency to it, you're going to, you know, uh, resubmit. It, all of that is now done online. You don't even need to come to the counter to do that. And then you think about inspections, electronic bill pay that we've integrated. Just to give you an idea, last year uh, we were about a month and a half into it. We did a whole whopping uh, $4,000 online. Yep. This year, March, over $250,000 we did with online. So this is saving finance people time. It's saving my permit text time. It's saving the customer time. This is a win-win-win across a, a myriad of different uh, areas. So wonderful there. And then uh, the last aspect of it is when it comes to your inspections. We integrated Skype. Uh, this was something that we heard another municipality doing, called them up, and they were talking about how it worked, but having difficulties with it. And we've integrated Skype. So it started out initially with the COVID. We were doing internal uh, projects, say like looking at a water heater or something like that, that we didn't want our inspectors going into a private home. Mm -hmm. um, this provided a capability. They could pull up, they could wave to the person who was inside the door, they get their Skype uh, opportunities going, they're inter, you know, talking about what the aspects of the inspection are, they would complete the process, the individual knew it was completed, this in, our inspector is uh, you know, updating the information via the cloud, and they're getting an immediate approval or reinspection that would be required. I mean, just right there, not, not anything but hand signals and, uh, and some integration between some software. What that ended up morphing into, because the, as, as you know, the, the medical emergency has evolved over the last few weeks, is that all inspections now are done via Skype. So whether it was an internal, uh, say, a tenant improvement type of inspection, or if it was a, an inspection at a new construction site, whether it be uh, for uh, engineering purposes, meaning your utilities being cut in, all of that is now being conducted via Skype, and it's it's working like a charm. So you just started doing the Skype uh, when COVID hit. That wasn't a process that you had in place prior to that. So 
COVID, this whole COVID ha happened and you implemented Skype on the fly or did, were you testing it before that? On the fly, brother. Wow. <laughs> it was, so, it was so nine, nine days. And this is what's so awesome about the team that we have here. One of our, our methodologies, as I like to say, of like troubleshooting or, or when we have an issue come up, is we flatten the organization like a pancake. Everybody's in the room. The end user who could be an inspector, uh, their supervisor, a manager, myself as the director, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter what your rank is. We're trying to figure out how are we going to do this? What are the ways that we're looking to do this? Okay, once we're in agreement with all that, I've got a group of people who would do the administrative type of standard operating procedures, mm -hmm. kind of working that out with the technician. Once we got that, they bring it to me because, quite frankly, I'm the lowest common denominator in the group. If they can explain it to me, that's mm -hmm. good. And then we'll go out and start beta testing it. We'll do an iterative process to make sure that we get it right, a uh, little Lean Six Sigma in there, making sure that, again, everything makes sense to the customer. And then we uh, asked some of our more trusted uh, larger developers that we have in the area, hey, could you give this a go? We want to try this out with you first work out some of the kinks, but less than, less than 24 hours, we were out doing Skype inspections. That's amazing. pretty amazing. That is really amazing. And that's, I, I think that that's the, that, that's the, uh, that's the free, free, low cost, no cost tip for people that, that, you know, one of the things in this, in this situation, in this environment, everything that you're talking about that you're doing those steps and, and our solutions, which is great. Um, you, you had a lot of, you had some lead time in prep preparing for a good portion of that. There's a number of folks out there that have that online permitting capability, um, but are getting the, the, the results of the 4,000 opposed to the $250,000 that are going to get, they're going to get bombarded now with, with online people going online because town halls are closed. So what do you do? And so I think that the, the, the zoom and the Skype, I hadn't heard the Skype idea yet. As a matter of fact, in my own community on one of the, um, Facebook bashing threads, as I like to call them, uh, you know, these, these local, the local, the local Facebook pages that are trying to do all the right things and, and keep, keep informed with, with your community. Uh, you know, one of the people said, Oh, a building inspector isn't going out and checking on things. And this person's not going out and checking on things. And I'm sitting here going, well, how the heck are they supposed to check on things and how are they supposed to do their inspections? And you just, you just gave the, the, me the, the inside line that I can go ahead and put this on that post and say, Hey, maybe, maybe we can start looking at Skype or some of these other things. So, so a couple of quick takeaway tools of leveraging would be outside of us would be utilizing zoom for, for your teams, uh, meetings, get togethers and some of your planning. Um, you said FTP site, talk a little bit about that FTP site, if you would, for folks in case they're not familiar with that and what, why that second piece is, is coming into play. Um, sure. that's more detailed, you said, right? Yeah. So it's a file transfer system process. Uh, and basically, this takes the place of like a, an intake meeting. So okay. for most municipalities that are out there, this would be something that would be done at the front counter. Mm -hmm. So what we also did at our front counter is once we started instituting SmartGov, we noticed there was less foot traffic coming in, which is exactly what we wanted. The second thing that we did was, you know what, this gives us an opportunity to build, basically, or construct two kiosks out front. So we've got two screens on either side, if you can imagine, with a wireless mouse and keyboard so that as the more complex uh, projects would come in, say for a large planned unit development, you know, with a few hundred homes or something like that, they could come on the thumb drive, they follow our electronic submittal uh, requirements, bring in one hard copy, and with their thumb drive, we just do an intake session. 
Well, now that FTP site basically takes that place. This is an open forum where, again, uh, a permit tech would be there talking with our, our customer, developer, contractor, and then utilizing that FTP site is just exchanging information back and forth to make sure that that um, submittal meets all the requirements that the city needs in order to process the, uh, the, the permit. So for instance, you know, you need a native version of a plan set for Bluebeam to actually work, which allows us to mark up a variety of projects. So your engineering inspector, I'm sorry, your engineering manager, my uh, senior planner, my building official, the fire marshal, all have a different color, if you will. And when they go into this markup tool, it allows, that, or allows them to go in at the same time. SmartGov allows that to go in at the same time. They can all make their markups, but the cool thing is, is once they're all done, it generates one set of marked up plans with one deficiency letter mm -hmm. with all four of the manager's information in there. Once that is saved in the system, that is what's transmitted back to our good friends, the developer, and then their team can go ahead and, and break that apart, see what they need to go and do, and then the resubmittal, resubmittal process starts over again, which is much similar to the the first one that I talked about, but all this would be done online. And if you ever needed a permit tech, all it is is just giving a phone call, an email, and then we're ready to rock and roll. Well, I mean, you, you guys have, you know, one of the biggest things that I've found is with this whole um, coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, unlike any other tragedy or difficulty or recession or anything that we've had in my career anyway, going back to you know, Y2K, which a lot of people don't even, you know, we forget about how devastating the fact that digits in the computer were going to shut everything down. Um, this is this is unlike anything else because it changes every day. The rules change every day. The environment changes every day. The support mechanisms change every day. Um, you guys seem to be really keeping, keeping pace and keeping things moving and adjusting on the fly. Um, as needed. What, what, are, what are some, um, you know, whether it's um, attitude mindset meetings, is it, you know, what are some of your, your tricks of the trade that's, ca that's causing me to sit here and go, wow, Mount Vernon's really got it going on, even though you're in one of the hotbeds of, of positive activity areas? You know, what, what are some of the challenges that you've overcome and how did you do it? And then how are you able to keep such a, a great mindset and, and, eye on the prize focus with everything that's going on around you. Well, so um, one of my favorite comedians is David Chappelle. Yep. So one of his things he's got, when keeping it real goes wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what I tell my <laughs> staff is, you know, what do you have when keeping it real goes right? You know, so here's, here's where I'm at. Number one, uh, as we're chatting here, what you see is what you get. Uh, quite frankly, and with my background, uh, I've been trained basically to go and do a variety of different things, and the taxpayers have always put me in a position to succeed. So from a standpoint of, I call it, you know, the red horde coming over the city mm -hmm. lines with the guns ablazing, this isn't it, but it's probably as close as, you know, uh, in the civilian sector you're going to see something. This is, a, you know, again, a medical emergency of mass uh, proportions. I mean, the only thing that we prepare for out here uh, it would be that, that, that mother of all earthquakes that's, that's been on the horizon for a while and how we can plan to take care of that. Well, in my opinion, 
minus out the earthquake and you plus in the medical emergency, and quite frankly, if you train to that one level, we're ready to work. So this is one thing I did, and again, it's a very small staff. It's only 18 folks that are in here, but we really took the opportunity to, to get down to the brass tacks about what's important. The other thing was is that prior to this even happening, uh, that troubleshooting or that continuous process improvement is flattening the organization uh, like a pancake. Uh, it, just being, just because I'm the senior guy in the room doesn't mean I'm the smartest person in the room. I don't have all the answers. My team has more of those answers than what I do. I just need to, uh, again, in, in some way make myself vulnerable uh, in the sense that although I am the leader, I want to hear from them. And I've got to build this, uh, this trust and confidence between our teams so that, again, at the end of the day, they know that I've got their back and they know that I've got their back. So both, both ways, that chain of command flows. Now, I will let you know, I feel much better on the Napoleonic side of the house of chain of command. It's very traditional where mm -hmm. there's a bottom and a top. Leaping on that other side, though, I have found through my 30-year uh, Navy career that it really does allow for these great ideas to come up and again it doesn't really matter who gets the credit uh, i will always take the responsibility if stuff goes wrong but i want to foster that team to just think out of the box if there comes mm -hmm. a time i need to pound them back in the box i'll do that I, I i know how to make that happen but on the flip side of it i just want to make sure that i am setting conditions for success so leaving that as the foundational portion of of your your few questions you had in there what we do is I meet with my team now, um, basically when we got to the point where we were telecommuting. So where other departments and other cities either shut down, and I mean there are some that are in the county here that just completely shut down. We are not. We are operating like, a, like everybody is here. So we telecommute. I've got 14 of 18 people telecommuting right now. Uh, we all know about what accountability is. They know what responsibility is. We meet every morning for 15 minutes. I go through the four divisions that work for me, meet with the managers as well as the employees. Uh, they share information. I get an end of work report of what's been accomplished. I'm able to go into, this is the wonderful thing again about SmartGov, is that I can see every keystroke if I wanted to. Now, I trust my team much more than that, but I could if I wanted to. But I can go to to-do lists and I can see every single thing that they are doing you know, in the system as they're working through their administrative workflows. I can see it all, you know. Now, I'm not a micromanager by any stretch. I look at the end game. I want the mission. I need the mission to be complete. I need things to be seamless. And that's the best thing is the reflection coming back from the community and from our development teams. Those guys have let us know what's working, uh, what's not. If we have a minor tweak to do, we'll go ahead and do it on the fly. We'll beta test it with the person who had the issue. So again, that continuous process improvement does not mean constructive dissatisfaction. I had a, a nice boss that hopefully if he listens to this uh, podcast, that's how he was. He wasn't, happy, he wasn't happy about anything. Didn't matter who did it. He just seemed to be you know, ungrateful and unhappy. That is not what we have here. These guys, I, I'm telling you, it is a, a force multiplier that I've seen that when you build that trust and confidence with your team and you're working through uh, a variety of challenges, Man, it is amazing to sit there and look at what they come up with in order to address these very complex uh, issues that we have going on. So uh, the morning meeting in the, in there, throughout the day, I'm emailing and phone calling, you know, keeping abreast of what's happening, what's critical mass, where they need my help. Um, I tell you what, day one, maybe 
probably a half dozen phone calls and a few emails. Now we're in a decent battle rhythm. Man, it, it is just, it's going, you know. Yeah. At the end of day report, I'm usually, uh, after I get back home, I go on a nice long run, get back, check what's happened that day. I'm usually the first one. I, I am still coming to work, so I'm physically here uh, at the office, although I could be telecommuting under the current set of uh, rules that we have. Uh, I'm one of the few that, that, that is here at City Hall with other essential workers uh, that kind of keep things going, but where other de departments, like I said, that might be kind of going through uh, um, some nuances, uh, those nuances aren't, aren't here with us. Like I said, it, it's really been quite remarkable to see how things have worked, and they've worked better than I, I anticipated them to, to be. So hopefully that answers. Yeah, no, it absolutely does, and it, and it, and it touches on – you know, one of the things on this podcast that we really want to do, especially in this time, you know, we definitely want to help our, our, our dude nation and understanding how we can help from our, from our solution suite and the difference that we can make. And you did that. What you just did was you just answered with a couple of things that, I, that from a personal perspective that anyone can take away and leverage and utilize in their day to day. And I think one of the your first piece about the flattening to the flattening the pancake um, that is also one of the great books that I've read was uh, Afterburner Inc.'s Flawless Execution. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those guys, uh, but Afterburner Inc. is a it's a group of fighter pilots, uh, retired fighter okay. pilots, that started a, a business development program, and the book is called Flawless Execution, and it's the circle of the uh, the fighter pilot's mission from the briefing to the to the execution, and at the end is the debrief, and their debrief consisted of everyone pulling their rank. Everyone was exactly the same level and they had an open discussion as to what happened, what could be done better, how what should we look at and evaluate and start to figure out how to build off of that. It sounds like that's a lot what you do with your team is hey, let's let's not worry about who's where on the on the on the poll here. Let's let's get to the to the root of the challenge that we have and come up with a solution. Would it be interesting to let you know that I, I am a recovering naval aviator? Oh wow! Well, there you go. Well, no, that's, that's, those... that's you hit the nail on the head, man. That's exactly what I think about. I think about the brief, the mission, yeah. the debrief, and then the next thing you do is okay. How are we either going to a build on what we just did that caused a little bit of angst uh, yeah. out there, you know? So you definitely want to have the lessons learned. Um, that, that to me, that is the most integral part of what's going on. I can brief, I can fly it, I can debrief the mission what went right, what went wrong, and then the next part of that is, okay, what can I put into that do loop to make it so I don't have that same experience again, if it was a negative type of experience or if it was a, a white knuckle event, if you will. You know, I don't want to go through the white knuckle event thing. If I can train to something so that when I have that happen again, that white knuckle event just becomes like any other event that, that I'm getting. I'm just taking a look at it, I've thought about it, and I'm, I'm reacting and to the training that I've already been given or I've already thought about or I've already discussed with another aviator or in this case another one. So I'll, I'll also let you know, um, you know, if anybody out there in podcast land desires to, to get any of this information that I have, uh, much like I did in my time in the Navy, you, you take the name off the top of it, I'll send it to you in a Word document and you can look like a superstar. That, that's the idea. Nobody's getting the credit. I just want to make sure that everybody can learn from what we're going through, integrate those things. It's not rocket science, and if I think if you ask people if they know, or people who know me, they will tell you I am not a rocket scientist, <laughs> but very practical, very realistic about how to go about doing business. And then, like I said, really what it comes down to is uh, you lead people, you manage things. 
Uh, and that is one of the things that I learned, uh, again, all the way back to my time at the, at the Naval Academy was, you know, leading people is a science and, and, and working with them and understanding that emotional intelligence piece to making a team function at the highest capability that it possibly can, whether it's a two-person team or a thousand-person team, doesn't matter, same techniques. On the management side of the house is giving individuals the tools they need, the training they need to complete their job. So my mantra has always been train, staff, and equip. I stole that from chief petty officers from years ago who, who taught me and trained me what it was that it's not about me, it's about the people that I serve. And as long as they have the tools to go, you know, complete their job, there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't, like you talked about with flattening the pancake, there's no reason why they can't be in the decision process because if they are, they own that process. At the end of the day, we got nobody to blame but ourselves. And if that's the case, well, dang it, look to your left, look to your right, and let's figure out how we're going to move out. 100%. Uh, and you said, you said something truly pivotal there that, that I hope some folks take away with, might be thinking about how they look at things if they're a manager or a leader. And, and I, I'm fully on board with you manage things and lead people. But the leadership mindset that you shared uh, is also more, more commonly uh, referred to in a lot in the business side of things from Jim Collins' Good to Great book, which is looking out the mirror or looking, looking out the window or looking in the mirror. And this is, this is, a, this is a true leadership mindset that if you have it, uh, that'll get your team behind you uh, that much quicker and, and support you. And that looking out the window means when things are going well and when things are well put together and when the execution is, is done as flawlessly as possible or looks that way, you look out the window to your team and you recognize the greatness that they provided. And if it uh, didn't go as smoothly as possible and could have gone better, uh, the first place you got to look is in the mirror at yourself to see what could have been done a little bit differently. And I think, especially in times like now, those, those exemplary leaders are doing just that. Um, I think those are some wonderful nuggets of knowledge that people can take away from right now and really get themselves back. And I, I, think, that there's a, I think there's a lot of communities that are doing great things that are really adjusting to all of this remarkably well. I think there's some that are really struggling and having some challenges. So I think, and I think the new normal, when this is all said and done, is gonna be leveraging these tools that you're already utilizing much more and much greater when they do have the ability to go back to town hall because they're going to realize how much smoother and easier it is because what you shared uh makes makes all the more sense than getting in your car and driving to town hall and doing all that work if you can avoid it so yeah well chris i uh, i can't thank you enough for giving us your time here i thank you for your service not just in the navy but also in your community because uh, it's evident that you're uh, that you're making a difference there and we really appreciate uh, we really appreciate you, the dudes beside you and all of this. And uh, uh, just, you know, stay safe and, and, and keep doing what you're doing because you are making that ultimate difference in your community that, uh, that, that's needed. And uh, might even, you're, you're, I'm sure you're the beacon of light. You and your team are the beacon of light and hope out there that uh, when you show up to someone's doorstep with a, with a Skype call ready to go, uh, they're comfortable knowing that, that business is somewhat as usual and that you're taking care of things. So thank you so much. Thank you, Josh. You have a, have a great day. You too. And that'll do it for another episode of Operate Intelligently. As you can see, Dude Nation is strong. People are jumping on and helping out and giving their insight and help with this. Um, if, you're, if you're in facilities, if you're in uh, local government, senior health living, I'm reaching out to a zoo uh, to have them on to hear about what they're, what they're challenged with, with this whole thing, because this is 
uh, not paint by numbers. This is definitely something that we've never experienced. Everybody's dealing with it differently. And if we can pull some best practices and help just one organization do a little bit different or a little bit better, uh, then we're winning. So in the meantime, uh, stay safe, everybody. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing dspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.